It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon. Happy Christmas Eve, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. We have coaching royalty with us today. 2020 National PGA Coach of the Year, Mark Blackburn, is going to join us. Team Tiger tears up the PNC parent-child. And more news from the PGA Tour versus Greg Norman. Buckle up, Pro Show fans, because the sleigh is already flying somewhere. You can't stop him, and you certainly can't stop us. Happy Christmas, Wade. Let's hear my favorite, Carol. Christmas Eve, the biggest day of anticipation in all the world. I'm wearing a different studio and I can't see your face. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's the holidays, so um, lots going on here in the station on a Friday afternoon, and we're making do, we're having some fun, and I was thinking about this, you know, because it is 106 days to the Masters, so I was thinking, is the Wednesday night before the Masters like more anticipation or is it Christmas Eve? I don't know. Sometimes I go back and forth on that one. But uh, you have big plans coming this weekend or what? Yeah, I mean, we're going to be with some family because that's what you do in the holidays, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to do a little bit of the same. Uh, we're going to wait for the uh, the big man tomorrow morning. And then after that, uh, maybe the folks and some family over the weekend. It's nice when it's on a on a Saturday because you, you don't really need to jam everything into Friday night, Saturday. However... I, oh, well, I, I okay. don't. I, okay. I think. Hang on. Okay. Hear, hear my argument. Yeah. All right. We get screwed by losing that weekend between Christmas and New Year's. Usually, not okay. Usually, whenever it's not on the weekend, you get Christmas. Then you get a weekend to you know decompress. Then the next weekend is New Year's. This time we don't have that. Well, all right. So if we're really going to get into this for a second, right? Because obviously there's a debate involved, yes. and so it comes down to what's the best day. For Christmas and New Year's to fall on, it's got to be Wednesday, right? Absolutely. It's it's like it's definitely got to be a Wednesday because then you're going to almost get two weeks off. I give you that. Yep. Well, I right. can see that for sure. All right. So obviously when a holiday falls on a weekend day, it's not ideal. That's not the gift that keeps on giving. Yep. But particularly when it's these two, because you kind of want a weekend to just reset and you know what I mean? Get your things done. For the, and get ready for New Year's. And if you don't go out for New Year's, then who cares? Well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, people have been resetting for about a week anyway. That's fair. So. It's, it's that's all I run into is I like to call it the holiday abyss. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. if you're up to any if you're up to anything and you want to get something done just to try to you know clear the slate, you know, get the whiteboard, the last thing checked off the whiteboard boxes for uh, 2021. It's done. It's not happening after the 15th or the 12th or the 10th or whatever it is these days. Um, people are shutting it down. I mean, quite honestly, I think a lot of people shut it down like in July. But that's fair. That's, that's neither fair. here nor there. <laughs> One guy that doesn't shut it down ever is our guest today. His name is Mark Blackburn, uh, PGA member, and he is the 2020 National PGA Teaching and Coach of the Year, right? And you might say, well, he's 2020. What's up with that, Keith? And I said, well, um, we didn't do national awards this year because the PGA of America didn't get to reward the men and women that won the awards in 2020. That ceremony was canceled due to COVID. So um, 
they let them carry over. So th- this guy, is, he's a reigning, reigning teacher of the year for two years. Mm. Uh, he, he's the director of instruction down at Greystone Country Club in Birmingham, Alabama. So um, an interesting guy. And, and when you hear from him, you'll be very surprised that he works in Birmingham, Alabama. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, all right. So speaking of fun, I was driving here to the station and I'm listening to uh, Hits 1. I know I wasn't listening to 920, but I was listening to Hits 1. Kids were in the car. And the interesting thing was that they start talking about Tiger and Charlie on Hits 1. Okay. Right. Of, of all things. Right. So you start to think about, like, how much of an impact is Tiger making? Right. So not only that, how much of an impact is Charlie making? So Charlie is now officially his own character and Tiger is Charlie's dad. So they're referring to and, you know, I'm listening to hits one. They start bringing up Charlie. I'm thinking they're talking about like Charlie D'Amelio or something like that, you know, like something I really don't want to hear about because they're 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 doing this Charlie chatter, the Charlie this and Charlie that they're like, you know, his dad, Tiger. And I was like, whoa, I was like, are you kidding me right now? This is on hits one. This isn't PGA Tour. Uh, you know, network there on the old uh, serious sure. dial. So it was very interesting to me how much of an impact something like last weekend and the PNC parent child made, because I tell you, there were some amazing, amazing storylines that came out of this thing. And I know I, I know you caught part of it because we were texting back and forth during the week. But I mean, John Daly and his son, John Daly, the second. Right. He doesn't like to be called little John or J.D. or anything like that. I can John, see that. John Daly, the second. Right. He's he well he's he's crafting his own journey in life. Absolutely, right? you know he's he's, he's not a he's not, he's not he's not a junior. He's not a lesser man. He's the second one. That's he, all. And he's certainly not little. So, <laughs> but uh, they shoot twenty seven under over the weekend. They shoot a sixty on Saturday and a fifty seven on Sunday mm. to win the event by two in the, uh, the PNC Parent Child. But lo and behold, who comes in second place with about um, I don't know ten months off due to a near fatal car accident and a twelve year old son. Uh, Team Woods, two shots back. They shoot 62 on Saturday, and they, too, shoot the low round of the day on Sunday, 57. So, I mean, everyone's just waiting for an opportunity to talk more about Tiger and Charlie. Right. Right. So we get to Sunday, and they show up. They're parading in in the uh, traditional Sunday red and black. And, uh, they, you know, their gait is the same as they're walking in the parking lot. And you can see Tiger's just loving every minute of this. Because the usual microscope that's like firmly affixed on him is at least least split 50-50, right? Um, Just really cool to watch them walk in. And then they go, they start their round, birdie, birdie, eagle. Now everything, you know, people are yelling, battle stations, the memes are all over Twitter. You know, it's it's like, you want me on that wall. I mean, everything is just, it's crazy. It's crazy talk, right? And then they par a couple holes in a row. And then they, I don't know, they birdie 11 holes in a row. And everyone's like, this is unbelievable. We got one guy who we never knew if he would play golf again. And then we have a 12-year-old boy who is the second coming of that guy. So, it, I mean, it, this is the storyline that we're dealing with. And, and you just can't believe it. I mean, the, the culmination of the whole thing was that on the 17th hole, they made the amateurs, the senior players, the men, the women, everybody play from the same par three hole. It was about 170 yards. And who won the closest to the pin that day? The 12-year-old, Charlie Woods. He hits a five iron. His dad's hitting like an eight iron. He hits a five iron to like four feet, and then he gets up and makes the putt, and he just walks off. No smile. Right. Not even right, a fist right. bump. It's like, I'm here for business. That's it. Right? You know, I'm delivering packages, and that's our 11th birdie in a row. I mean, 
It was it was un, it was unbelievable. And you know they get to the last hole and they have to make eagle and they're both trying to jam it in the hole to chip it. They're right next to the green on the par five. I mean, but the theater was just so good. And it looked like Tiger could play a little bit. You know, I mean, for taking all those months off and recovering and doing all these things. And and really at the end of the day, I, I think. What I'm most thankful for this Christmas season is probably Charlie Woods. Not because he plays golf, but I think that if it weren't for him wanting to play in this event, we wouldn't have seen Tiger till probably February. True, true. And, and you know, he's out there doing his thing. And it just was, it was unbelievable. And, you know, a big, I got to give a big shout out to PNC because they have sponsored this event in kind of near the holiday abyss. And they've had some lean years. You know, I think they they were calling you and I to play in this thing. And I mean, seriously, oh, you maybe. Yeah. And then now you look at what they've reaped for sticking with the PGA Tour and this family format. And now they have Tiger and his son. They had Henrik Stenson and his 11 year old boy. They have Nelly and her dad. They had J.D. and J.D. the second. I mean, they have I mean, they've got some really cool family storylines there. I, I was thinking to myself, you know, there's another. There's another young, budding superstar golfer that lives in Orlando. His first name is Will. His last name is Sornstam. I don't know if he could convince his mom. He's about Charlie's age. I don't know if he could convince his mom, Annika, to play. But imagine PNC rolls out next year. They have Tiger, Annika. I mean, they got Gary Player, 86 years old. You know we love Gary. <laughs> Again, Carl Stenson was at 11 years old. Just a really, really cool event. And I, and I think, quite honestly, they gave us the image of the year. Right. All yeah. right. Now, I'm giving like super kudos here to PNC, but at one moment on Sunday's coverage on the last hole, I think the executives there, the CEO shuddered just a little bit because as much as they love Tiger making Tiger and Charlie making 11 birdies in a row, the image of the year had to be John Daly and John Daly the second standing in the middle of the fairway on 18 plotting their strategy to make eagle or birdie on the final hole to secure the victory. John Daly the second standing there, leering down the fairway, <laughs> squinting crow's feet. His dad has a Santa Claus beard and a big old heater in his mouth <laughs> and sunglasses on that are just outlandish, right? And the two of them are standing side by side and they and you get this shot from NBC of their profile and I don't I can't remember the last time I saw a cigarette in golf coverage. <laughs> Right. And these are the leaders of the parent child. And you got John Daly. Well, it's him. He's the last time. Well, exactly. Yeah. He's got a dart going and he's just like, you know, it's just like the smoke's coming out of his nose. And I'm thinking to myself, forget, you know, um, uh, Hideki Matsuyama's caddy at the Masters bowing to the course. Forget Phil and all those indelible images that we'll never forget, like walking up with all those people behind him at the uh, at the uh, PGA Championship, you know, on Sunday on the 18th hole. We're going to end the year, 2021, arguably one of the most historic years in all of golf when now you consider Tiger's comeback, Phil's P, um, PGA win at 50, all of these things. We're going to end it with the image of the year. The last thing we see is J.D. being J.D. I mean, the only thing that would have made it better if he was wearing like a Santa hat instead of, right. you know. <laughs> or had a beer in his hand, too. Oh, my God. It's just unbelievable. I, I love it. I love it. I mean, it, it was just it was just great stuff. Now, speaking of interesting stuff, right? Uh, so I'm a big fan of the the parent child. It was cool. Um, P 
PNC supported the thing. They've pushed it through, and now they have just really must-see TV. So congratulations to them. Congratulations to Team Daily. Uh, Tiger Woods, welcome back, and congratulations to Charlie Woods. Um, your life is now officially over. The media will never leave you alone. So, <laughs> welcome. Yeah, welcome. Well, welcome to our world. Right. All right. So speaking of maybe welcoming someone, there has been this storyline that we've been talking a lot about. In November, it got amped up a little bit, but there's a number of PGA and European tour players, DP World Tour players, that want to go over and play in the Saudi International in early February. All right. Now, contrary to popular belief, that's not where they're playing the Super Bowl, so they're not going over there on a two-for-one, right. right? Okay. They are going over because it's it's known that the appearance fees to go show up in this event um, are quite hefty, and you've got DJ and Jason Kokrak and all sorts of men going over and wanting to play in the Saudi International. Well, in the past, it was a DP World event or European Tour event. No big deal. But now... It is officially part of the Asian tour, what we like to call around here the Greg Norman tour. Right. And people don't like that. In order to go play in this event, the PGA tour and the DP World Tour had to grant waivers to the players to say, yes, you're allowed to do this. Well, this week, and no one kind of knew what they were going to do. No one kind of knew how Jay Monahan and the folks down in Jacksonville were going to react to this. Because back in July, they were like, you go play somewhere else. And you're going to go do this, you know, live golf investments, Greg Norman tour, then, you know, see you later. Right. Type of thing. Well, we have found out what they're thinking as of this week. And that is they are going to grant waivers to those men to go play. Somewhat surprising for sure. But at the end of the day, what does it all mean? Well, it means that these men are actually independent contractors. I don't know how much they can stop them. But they are saying, hey, we want to take a little bit more of a uh, whole world view of this. If you're going to go do that, then you owe me. And what is it that they owe them? Well, it's it's the same week as the Pebble Beach Pro-Am event on the PGA Tour. So if you're going to skip it this year to go play in Saudi Arabia, then within the next two years, you need to commit to play in that event to support it. No quid pro quo. Yeah. Interesting, right? And this is their approach on that. So if you haven't played in it in the last couple of years, then you need to play two times in the next three years. Now, is that kind of pushing the decision down the line, Wade Weezer? I don't know. Because if what if in two years somebody doesn't show up? Right. Now now what do you do? Because you've you've thrown, you know, you've thrown a shot across the bow. And you said, I want this done. Now, most, most, most golfers have a lot of integrity. You know, we rule ourselves out there on the golf course during the tournament, call rules and fractions on ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm kind of interested still to see where this goes because we don't have a lot of answers. And it is a holiday week and everyone's taking off. So we did get the decision on the waivers, but I'm not sure that long term, me, the way I read into this, is that the PGA Tour doesn't think that they can bring this thing together to the point where it's going to be competitive against them, at least not at this moment. And So they're saying, go, go with your fancy tournament. Yeah, go over there. Let them drop, you know, a billion dollars on 25 guys coming over and playing, and then we'll see what happens. But we're going to keep doing our thing over here, which I think is great, and they're doing a good job at it. So more on that to come. And one thing's for sure. Yes. Very dramatic pause. You're looking for your sponsor copy, aren't you? Yes, I am. (laughs) 
Of course I am. Well, we're in a different station room today. That's right. Everything's so, different. Yes. So you were hiding it on me. <laughs> All right. But I tell you, one thing's for sure. When it comes to this time of year and being grateful for gifts, there is one group that gives gifts all year round to the golfers of New Jersey, and that's the New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf led by PGA professionals. Programming for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs provides the opportunity to experience the game in a welcoming environment. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. You know what there, Wade Weezer? Yes, sir. I want you to keep an eye on the radar over there. I want to know where the big man is when we get back from our break. Got okay? It. Yes, sir. It's 315 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with the coach of the year, Mark Blackburn. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, he says I'm going to win big. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Jenkins, team of me. Mar, his name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Sean, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey, as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. When it comes to teaching and coaching, the best have great communication skills, powerful self-belief, and an insatiable curiosity. Our guest today not only possesses those tremendous traits, but the support of his peers as well. The National Coach of the Year is here. Let's talk to him and see what we can learn. Nice job on the board there, Mr. Wade Weezer, with a little Southern Rock. I know you're giving me the nod that Mark is on the line. Mark Blackburn, welcome to the Pro Show. How are you on Christmas Eve? Oh, I'm awesome, waiting for Santa Claus to come see us here in Alabama, so I'm great. Well, I tell you, I know we'll get into it in a minute, but that's an awfully interesting accent for Alabama. Yeah, Alabama via uh, London about, or just outside London about nearly close to 30 years ago now, so... A lot of people say it sounds Australian, but it's definitely an accent, so um, it's a good and a bad thing sometimes. (laughs) Well, speaking of a lot of good things, it's a great time of year. It's a special time of year. Now, we were talking about this in the first segment, how 2021 has just been like 
just a historic year in all of golf, right? What has made 2021 special for you, Mark Blackburn? Yeah, well, I think uh, as a coach, you want your students to perform, right? You're basically our leaderboard is is how they play. Like that's how you're really judged, and that's your body of work, so to speak. So as a coach, 2021 was great for me. Um, Max Homer won the um, LA Open at Riv and with his one of his best friends and their kids from LA, so that meant a lot to me. Um, Mike Weir won on the Champions Tour, and that's kind of a three-year project. And Max Homer won again the first event of 2022 season at the Fortnite Championship in Napa. Um, Janie Jackson, one of my longtime students, I've taught her since she was 12. She finally got her LPGA card you know, a few weeks ago. So 2021 has been great. I mean, the rest of my guys, I'm really excited about the stable of players that, that I have this season with Charlie Hoffman, Ches Reevy, Trey Mullinax, um, Gary Woodland, Adam Hadwin, and then obviously Max. So on the, on the big tour. So, and then on the, on the Corn Ferry tour, Martin Flores is, is actually getting back to playing. So, um, I'm really excited. And then our juniors, obviously one of the things there's a highlight, I have a tree of coaches at Greystone, my, my academy team and Brian, who kind of runs our academy, his student, Nick Dunlap won the U S junior. So uh, one of my, uh, coaches has a major before me. So that's kind of cool. So for, for me, I'm very, very blessed. Uh, 2021 was great. A lot of the work that we've put in starting to show on the leaderboards. And so that's always good. That's very, that's not always the case as a coach, but you're, you like when some of your work's validated. So 2021 was uh, was great. And obviously, golf is booming in the pandemic. Uh, and the pandemic's bad, but I would say a terrible thing in a lot of ways. But it's been great for, for Blackburn Golf, our academy, our coaches, and then all the students that we kind of touch around the world. I love that word validation. Because to me, that's the idea that you did something like you put together a lot of hard work over five, ten years. And then in 2021, you kind of reap the rewards. And I know that you, you know, you mentioned quickly, you've been here 30 years and you've been coaching and teaching and playing and doing all different sorts of things, but you now have established yourself even before winning national coach of the year as a coaching leader in our ecosystem, in the golf world, right? So one of the things I like to do, there's a lot of PGA pros and LPGA pros that listen to this show. I love to try to dig into these leaders and, and see what they're thinking, right? So I, I want to kind of ask you a question for those that are listening, you know, how did you sort of build this career path? You know, I, you can't go all the way back to the beginning and say, Oh, I always knew I was going to get to this point. But as you've been going along, how have you tried to be thoughtful about how you've created this P PGA journey? I think I've always tried to surround myself with people who I think are a lot better than I am at what they do or the leaders in our field. And so through the PGA that was a lot of you know established coaches and I would go visit with them and then I've really I've just tried to absorb as much as I can around me and if you actually think about if you go back to the PGA of America I kind of use this story a lot it was formed in New York by a bunch of players who who basically taught and if you think about how golf originally you had former touring professionals were the club pros that taught and they weren't playing the tour. And then, you know, that's kind of what the PGA evolved from. So I came for everything from a playing perspective. I played college golf. That's what brought me to America. And then I tried to play for a living. And whilst I wasn't successful when I got injured, it was a, 
probably the most important journey because it established a lot of relationships. It allowed me to see like what playing the game is actually like for a living and trying to do that. And it's not very glamorous at all, but it gave me a very good foundation with which from there I was always using the lens of, hey, you're trying to play golf. So I tell everyone, if you want to coach and you want to help players, you have to be able to empathize and you have to be able to get inside the golfer's head. If you've never played the game and you don't aspire to play the game at any competent level, becomes very very difficult if you look at arguably the best coach you know in the in the modern game would be butch Harmon. he played the tour he wasn't an, a great player but he did win but he played the tour if you look at john jacobs he played the tour like david ledbetter was a player so people that have, have played had success have all been able to play the game and i think that's one of the things i've really looked at it always focused on look golf is a game to be played I'm very score-centric. It's all about how you play. So I've always tried to surround myself with people that have given the, got the information or have information that's allowed me to kind of build my toolkit and add more skills as a coach. And then once you get beyond just the, the basic technical pieces of, you know, X's and O's of coaching with today's technology, that's actually not that difficult and the internet and there's so much great information out there. The real art of coaching is then how do you take that and then basically create a recipe, as my good friend Dr. Will Wu says, uh, um, from a motor learning perspective and create the ingredients necessary for each student for them to be successful. And that may not be technical for everybody. That may be more tactical. That may be more strategic. It may be more of a mental game type thing. And that's when you bring in other experts from other fields to be able to help your players. And, and the role you kind of have with these players on the tour now is you're more of a, of a GM or the head coach. And then you, you kind of have a short game coach sometimes, sometimes not. You might have a putting coach. You might have a um, nutritionist. You might have a sports psychologist. So you've got and a trainer. You've got all these different entities that are all working towards helping the player as an individual. But I've always looked at it as where where is the opportunity? A player is like a stock, whether it's one of my 18 handicappers here at Greystone, whether it's a junior or whether it's a tour player. Players are like underperforming stocks. What can I do with this company in the balance sheet to clean it up and turn around and, and make it you know successful? And, and that's very much the way I've approached it. But I've gone to that from the lens of being a player and then always seeking out others who have, you know, a lot more information or smarter than I. Um, and so that, that's just kind of how I've always pursued it. And I've always looked at it as I don't have all the answers. If I don't know, that's not a bad thing. I'm going to go find it out. And a lot of times when you have a, a mistake or an error or you don't know something, the quest to go find that solution is what adds another tool to your toolkit and makes you a better coach. And so to me, I'm always trying to tell people, look, never stop learning. You're always trying to learn and grow find some pros that are successful that have had success you know make try and get them to be mentors and i would use to bug people but um i think that people knew you were you were, you know trying to work at it you were trying to get better and you wanted to be a professional in your craft but it's always from the lens of playing the game man that was all right so i got to dig in more because there's a lot of great stuff there you talk about the ingredients to be successful and you surround yourself with a lot of leaders. That's one thing that you definitely can do. If there, if there's anything I've learned about leadership folks, and definitely you are one of those people and folks, if you're wondering who we're talking to, we are talking to the 2020 National PGA Coach of the Year, Mark Blackburn. So, Mark, just for yourself, 
I find that people that are entrepreneurs and leaders and successful people, motivated people, they tend to have very, not necessarily strict routines, but they, they subscribe to doing certain things every day that put them in a very positive frame of mind. Is there a routine that you have on a daily basis or weekly basis that you subscribe to that you could also share? Because that last answer was tremendous for my listeners, and I want to build upon that. Yeah, no, for sure. So I'm definitely a creature of habit. Um, <clears throat> I'm one of those people that kind of feel like I have to do certain things. And so, like I would say, every day, get up. Uh, I'm usually a very early riser, depending on, on what I've done. And I usually get up, uh, two glasses of water, make a coffee, kind of check some emails, kind of, you know, a little bit of, if I'd like, reflection type stuff. And then I'm going to exercise. Um, I might take my kids to school, but I'm always going to try and do my exercise in the morning, get those endorphins going, makes you kind of feel good. And then I've got it out of the way. And that, that's the, the first thing I do. And then once I've done that, I'm either, depending on where I'm at, if it's on the road or PGA Tour, I'll probably do a little bit of work, grab some coffee. And again, after the workout, and then I'm off to the golf course with the players. Or if I'm here, it might be a bit of office work, meet with my team early. And then I'm going to... Um, I'm then going to kind of get on, do the lessons, do the day. And I think that um, starting your day like that, if I don't start like that, I kind of feel a little bit disheveled. You know, I'm a bit frustrated because I haven't started doing the things the way I do it. So that's kind of, that's, that's always been the way I've kind of approached it. And I know that, you know, you do a lot of reading about, and I like to read a lot of self-help type books and those things, entrepreneurial stuff, as you said, and, I see that as a commonality amongst a lot of people that are successful. So I, I think one thing I'm probably guilty of is probably working too much. But again, that just seems to be one of the things I don't see work as work. I, it's a labor of love, so to speak. I just love what I do. So um, I love teaching. I love helping people. I'm, I really enjoy the process of like problem solving, which is what coaching is, critical thinking. And I would say I'm more of a coach. Teaching is part of coaching, but as a true coach, you're, you're trying to get people to be better at what they do. And so I love the fact that what avenue do I approach that from? And those early mornings, reading some, some stoicism stuff, some you know books, whatever it might be in that reflection period, gives you some of the information that those nuggets that you'll be able to help. So help you along the way. And I'm, I'm always just trying to read things that um, and get information that's going to be helpful for me as a coach to, to help people push their buttons and to make them just to make them better. Well, I'll tell you what, you're making my listeners better today because we're going to have some more fun with this because now we're getting into the good stuff. Successful people are disciplined, right? And you just described that there. But at the same time, you say you love what you do. And when I talk to those that are around you or those that you work with, the first thing they say is that they just love you. They love how authentic you are, how much you care, right? So to be very disciplined and successful, sometimes it's tough to balance that with being approachable. So, you know, where, do, where does that kind of approachableness come from? You know, did you have a sp specific mentor along the way? I mean, it could be a mix of like a certain teacher and your parents or something, but like you have this very unique blend of drive and caring, you know, of empathy and energy. So I, I kind of want to just learn a little bit more about Mark Blackburn and how you kind of put this together, because I think my listeners can truly learn from that. Yeah, I mean, I always say like, you kind of have uh, teachers kind of have a servant's heart, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't, 
I think I get some of that from my mum. My my mum was my parents were really good, like in that way. Though my mum worked really really hard, um, and my dad. But and I think it's always one of those things from a perspective of helping people. Just kind of always made me feel good to help other people. So I never really thought about um, the way you go about it. It's just like, look, you're trying to help people. You, it's kind of you got to be selfless. You got to help them. Uh, and I think that's good. My wife's a, a big influence on me as well. She's probably the most positive person I know. Um, I can, you know, as a coach, you, you're very giving to everybody else. And then sometimes you, you, you kind of get down on yourself a little bit. But my wife's uh, really good about being a positive influence. So I would say those folks, but I just try and tell people how it is in a nice way, like a bit more old school, like if my coaching sort of, if you like, idols outside of, um, golf and I look at other coaches a lot would be if you're familiar with football would be Alex Ferguson in the UK for the, the famed Manchester United coach I'm a big Nick Saban fan I'm more of a Nick Saban fan style coach where you know you connect with your players and you're authentic you don't mind giving them tough love but you're coaching them to be better and so I think the honesty and, and that sort of integrity part which I would feel like I is important to me that's part of my identity it just comes a lot from like being English, not kind of BSing people, um, being honest. And a lot of people don't like that sometimes. And, and I tell everyone, look, you have to find your identity as a coach and who you are and you use your frame authentic. I try to be authentic to me. I'm, some people are not going to be like me. That's fine. But I don't do things to be liked. I'd much rather be respected than liked as a professional and as a coach I've got my friends, my, my people, you know, my inner circle, my village here, so to speak. But when, I, when I'm working, I'm doing it because I'm trying to help the players I'm helping. And if I'm giving them good information and I'm being honest with them and willing to have hard conversations and make them disciplined and accountable, that's going to make them successful. And when you're working at the you know, tip of the needle in pro sports, there isn't any margin for BSing and just guessing. So never guess what you can measure and be honest with people and have those hard conversations. And if you're willing to have the hard conversations and do it tactfully, and that's where a lot of this sort of the approach from the mental world, self-help, knowing how to, to talk to people, you can deliver messages honestly, but you obviously got to be tactfully. Some people need a hug when you do it. And then some people need a kick in the butt, but I've always been honest about it and, and very direct. And I think that's a byproduct of the people I grew up with surrounded but then also just trying to be honest with people. And me as a coach, approaching it from a playing perspective, I didn't want a lot of fluff and a lot of nonsense. I wanted to be more very, I use pragmatic as, as kind of my mantra. Is this is this going to help the person shoot a lower score? If it is, great. If it isn't, it may not really be necessary. So I, I, that's kind of really where that's come from. And the authentic part, I mean, people say that because I'll be honest and I'll, I'm not afraid to say something that, some people might not because they're worried about they have an agenda or they're looking at it from the you know advance in their own self but the joy of coaching when I was told you I was excited about the stable of players I have is you kind of get to pick the players you coach it's a choice you work with who you want to because you think that you can do something for them so it's in a position where as a coach you're not you're choosing who you work with based on, hey, I know that the, the mechanisms I use to deliver a message or the way I coach, these people are receptive to that. But that not everybody is going to be receptive. And so I encourage everybody that coaches, 
find your identity. Don't try and be who, you know, somebody that you are, be yourself and in, embrace that, enjoy that and figure out how do you make yourself better? Because there's so many golfers in the world. I mean, in the pandemic, golf is booming. There are people, there's always going to be clients that are going to suit your delivery, your personality. But so you just have to figure that out along you go. And, and I think one thing for young coaches that are listening, I tell everybody this, there is no substitute for teaching lessons, you know, lots and lots of lessons in the trenches, teaching bad players. Like the lessons I learned up in Lake Gunnersville teaching on a ski slope driving range, you know, where a 30 minute lesson would take three hours and I'd be teaching all week to people um, that, you know, just wanted to play golf better and fixing slices and fixing hooks. All of those lessons are things that help you if you're Augusta National and someone's slicing it on the driving range and you need to fix something quickly. So you can learn all this information on the internet, but there's no substitute for touching people in terms of like being out there in front of them, getting them, moving them, helping them hit shots, interacting with the person, giving them, you know, a recipe, so to speak, and working through the ingredients. And I think a lot of that gets uh, kind of in the art of technology with the wonderful devices we have. A lot of people that the actual human skills and the soft skills get lost. And I encourage every young coach, you need to really go after that, but embrace who you are, build your brand around you and it make it authentic to you because then it, it's easy to do. There's no point in me trying to be someone I'm not because uh, I'm not going to be able to sustain that. And so that's just kind of the way I've always done it. And some people find that refreshing and some people don't like that. But um, I've always tried to do it with some humility as well. And, and that way it tends to be well received. But the great thing about golf, there's lots of different people with lots of different personalities. You just have to figure out what you're good at. And then if you like, recruit players that are going to fit that sort of mold for you, regardless of the level, and you'll be successful because here at our club, there's members who can't stand taking the lesson with me and love taking from my other folks. And there's alternatively members that can't stand taking from them and love taking from me. So it's a long-winded answer to kind of what you said, but hopefully you got some, some something out of that one. I mean, something rewind the tape and get the notebook out and pencil. I mean, uh, there is just so much there. And I'll be honest, I find it refreshing to be working with you today, but we have to do a little bit of sponsor time. So Mark, hold on for just a tight second. We'll be back in a minute. We're going to learn more about your identity folks up next more with the coolest coach of the PGA, Mark Blackburn. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. But, you know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers. Then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Today's interview is brought to you by Summit Golf Brands. Golf's coolest company offers everything you need to look great while you play your best. As the weather starts to turn, you have to be prepared for on and off the course. Take a look at the award-winning zero-restriction line of active and outerwear. Yes, ladies, they offer yoga pants and city windbreakers. The Urban Wind Jacket will have your friends asking where you got it. Guys, if you want that cool off-the-course look on the links, try the new Champ Hoodie. It's a hybrid wind jacket with ultra-soft sleeves and lining. You 
you can immediately tell Summit believes in creating products that people really want. Right now, Zero Restriction is offering an exclusive 25% off discount with code STEWART25! So run, don't walk to that computer, and head to ZeroRestriction.com for all your cool golf and lifestyle gear needs. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Thanks for radio. I, 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 I get a lot of that, too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Mark Blackburn. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. So he started in Surrey, and today he's teaching in Alabama. Pretty crazy story, huh? Well, every career journey is a little different. Let's learn more about our guest today as we call upon him for more cool coaching insights. Calling to the faraway towns, now war is declared, and battle come down. London calling to the underworld, come out of the cover. Well, it's not every day I get a guest who takes me through the full spectrum of music from Leonard Skinner to The Clash. But, you know, I got the teacher of the year today. His name is Mark Blackburn. Mark, welcome back to the pro show. You having fun on Christmas Eve? Absolutely. I'm hoping that Santa uh, stops at our house and is good to all of our kids. So they've been pretty good this year, so maybe they'll get some gifts. Now, you gave us some amazing nuggets. You know, the gift that keeps on giving there in the front nine of our interview here. But I want to have a little bit of fun right here for a moment. I got to ask you a quick question. Every PGA journey, every career journey, and I love how you brought in a lot of different people. I was... I, I did find it interesting, though, that you talked more about Alex Ferguson than Jurgen Klopp, but I, maybe there's a reason for that. I don't know. But, you know, Nick Saban, all of these folks, these resources outside of golf, I, I think that that's really important. But I do want to ask you a quick, fun question, right? Along that PGA journey of yours, you know, 30 years ago it started and you built your business. You opened Blackburn Golf in 2000. You've had all the success Max Homa wins twice this year. You've got all of these great players in your stable, right? Why at one point in your career were you living in a maintenance shed? <laughs> Humble beginnings. Um, so when I uh, finished playing college golf and I was trying to play for a living, um, I probably wasn't the most, uh, say, biggest investment for someone to sponsor, but I managed to find some people and, they owned a golf course in Lake Gunnersville in Alabama. And if you've never been up there, it's great. 690 miles of shoreline. It's actually the number one bass fishing lake in America. It's incredible. Rivals Okeechobee, but um, <coughs> they owned a golf course. <coughs> and um, they gave me somewhere to live in a maintenance shed. And that is kind of why I ended up living in a maintenance shed. And I was playing the Hooters tour at the time. So I was sort of traveling, but it was all about doing it on a budget. Um, I had a car, I had a, a, a 1980-something Buick Riviera with white wall tires. I drove that thing till it went down to the wire treads. Um, so I was like really kind of doing the mini tours on a, on a shoestring budget. But I, honestly, it was great motivation. And it was always like I knew that that environment, to get out of that and to be able to kind of do what I needed to do, it was always a great motivation to work really hard and um, it would it got me up early in the mornings too because they came in and they were using the obviously the greenskeepers came in about five thirty and started clanging around and it got very loud so I was up and at them so um, it, I kind of look at it as it's one of those things if you look at people and if you you know read a lot of books some crazy things happen from very very humble beginnings and I think it becomes a catalyst to kind of make you work hard and 
I'll be honest, uh, some of my work ethic is still probably driven from the mindset of all this could go away in a heartbeat um, if I don't keep the, the work rate up. And that's just, I, I think that's great motivation for somebody who's, you want to be successful and you're always trying to be better and you're, you're trying to get better. So I look at it as a, uh, as my late grandfather says, it's all part of life's rich tapestry. Well, I mean, I know the maintenance shed isn't very rich, but you know, maybe there was some tapestry there. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just, I think it's great. I think it's a very important lesson. I think in today's society, so many people look at Instagram or Twitter and they just see all of a sudden, Hey, I got 10,000 followers and I'm a coach. And I, all of these lessons that you're imparting upon my listeners today. I mean, folks, we're talking to a four time section teacher of the year, a two time what used to be Horton Smith, but now the professional development award. Um, those things are near and dear to my heart for sure. Uh, I have three of those myself uh, talking about the Horton Smith. I mean, that to me, that's being a teacher of teachers, that servant's heart that you speak about. Now there's one other key component to being a very good teacher or coach. And that is like curiosity, right? So um, one of the things I came across a quote of yours, which I thought was really cool. You said, great coaches have to be a chameleon willing to change, right? Do you want to expound upon that a little bit for me? Yeah. So as a coach, your first job is, you know, I have this coaching codification, which is a bit like um, kind of built very similarly to John Wooden's pyramid of success. The same principle, right? What are the things that are essential to, um, coaching players and it's a framework right it's not a model it's, it's a framework but the first thing is the connection and that is all about how do you connect to the student and so I tell everybody look I've been to nightclubs with players and I've been to church with players whatever was necessary to make the connection to get on that common ground and I think the chameleon comes from you have to be able to adapt to the scenario and then to the individual and you know my players are all very very different and I communicate to them in different ways, but you have to figure out how do you adapt to the student. Um, I know Max Homan made a comment um, actually in the PGA CBS video I did that it's uh, me adapting to my students, not them adapting to me. And I think that was a really nice compliment because everybody is different and you're, th that's the important part for me. And that's where going outside of our if you like golf world and looking in other sports and looking at other coaches, I will say I'm a massive Liverpool fan. So Jurgen Klopp, I'm a huge fan of, but in my early years, Jurgen hasn't got really had any, many books out. So Alex Ferguson has a lot, but it's one of those things where you just kind of look at ways to, to make that connection and to push the buttons and to make somebody, you know, how do you motivate them? And the great thing about when you work with great players is, too, that they tell you things that other coaches who are really well-renowned have told them, and, and you learn from that as well. And then being around the PGA Tour, you, you start to observe and listen and, and look at, you know, skills that people have, and you're always trying to fill your toolkit with the skills that you're deficient at. And I think that's the chameleon part comes you have to adapt, you have to be willing to change, and, and never be afraid to say, hey, look, I was wrong. My philosophy on that's changed a little bit. New information has changed. And I always say, taking golf instruction and coaching today is better than it was 30 years ago. And it's just like medicine. Would you rather have surgery today or 30 years ago? You'd much rather have surgery today than you would, you know, 30 years ago. And hopefully we look forward 10 years from now and go, well, we kind of screwed that pandemic up. We now know this. So again, you, you, that's what I mean when I say you've got to be a chameleon. 
All right. Now, before we get into some real fun, I real quick, I want you to do a little promotion for me. How can my listeners follow up with more of your information, your web, you know, your website? Uh, I know that you have Mark Brackburn Golf down there at Greystone Country Club in Birmingham, Alabama. But are you on social media? Can we follow you when you're teaching Gary Woodland? I mean, how can we learn more from Mark Blackburn? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So I'm on um, Twitter and Instagram at Blackburn Golf. Uh, our website is blackburngolf.com. We also have an app, the Blackburn Golf app in the App Store, um, which is like a, you know instructional videos. Um, I'm working on a mentorship for 2022, which you'll, there'll be some information in the spring about that um, for you know younger coaches, which will be a sort of retreat-based thing here at Greystone for sort of two or three days. Uh, myself and then some of my team, uh, I think that'll be something that'll be really useful, giving people the skills, you know, all the way from branding to how how do you interact with a student with the technical piece and technical competencies in certain areas. So um, I, I think trying to help people establish and develop their own framework to coach with, and that, that's something I do at sections all over the country. Like, it's really pretty simple, but you've got to create your own philosophy, your own sort of you know, way to go about things. But I'm on Facebook as well, Mark Blackburn and Blackburn Golf. So easy ways to get hold of me, um, but you can DM me, hit me up on, on Instagram at Blackburn Golf or um, Twitter. But I would say I'm more active on Instagram. I think I've got about 26, 27,000 followers. And I tend to put a lot of content out there, um, lessons and such. And then in the story, there's always lots of stuff from, from the PGA Tour. All right, now we're going to test some of your advice that you've given us today and we're going to go into this uh let's see if mark blackburn can adapt to this scenario all right i'm going to try to my listeners love to get a little bit more of a connection with my guests so to finish out the interviews we do a little rapid fire q a it's a tradition we've been doing it for you know four years here on the show at a long time so you up for a little bit of fun to finish off this interview absolutely all right here we go on a scale of one to ten rank your southern accent one. Name one item in your geek swing kit. Gasp force plates. Favorite Liverpool player all time. Kenny Dalglish. You're going to go on a bucket list trip with just your family, no golf clubs. Where are you going? Australia. Best book you read this year. You know what? I'd say this is great for everybody too. Coaching Better Every Season by Dr. Wade Gilbert. Everyone, every coach should read that book. It's like a phenomenal book. I mean, I read it annually, but everyone should read If you're a coach, you should read that book. He was at UCLA when Wooden was there, and he's a coach's coach. It should be like mandatory reading for every coach. It should be part of the PGA's education, but obviously it's not. We won't go there. <laughs> All right. Well, name one guilty pleasure you have. I like wine. <laughs> All right. No family members, no athletes. Name one person you'd like to have lunch with. Maybe Elon Musk. Ooh, all right. We, I mean, we've got some great names out of this conversation today. I love it. All right, biggest pet peeve during a lesson? The student basically telling me what yeah, they, they, they're doing, and obviously they have no idea. So I have been known to tell people that, hey, are you going to pay me to listen to you, or are you paying me for me to give you information? I'm happy to do either, but if you're just going to talk, I'm going to sit over here. <laughs> all right, well, let's flip the switch for a second. Last question. If you were going to take a golf lesson, who would you go see? Oh, wow, that's such a good question. I would go take a lesson from Butch Harmon just because I've never taken a lesson from Butch Harmon and I don't really know Butch Harmon. 
the guy, right? So that would be someone. Now, if you told me I could go take a golf lesson and I could go back in time, then I would go try and take a golf lesson from Hogan. So there you go. Oof, those are two tremendous answers right there. Well, you know what, Mark Blackburn, you have been authentic today. And you've been inspiring. I mean, man, 2020 Coach of the Year. You're the Coach of the Year every year in my book. Can't thank you enough for being on the Pro Show. I appreciate it, you guys. All have a Merry Christmas. I hope Santa's good to everybody. And have a great and healthy, successful uh, 2022. And I look forward to coming back on your show another time soon. All right, everybody. You know we're fast approaching 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We're coming back to wrap up today's show with, of course, the weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it. 650 Gs. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show. Weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects Sticks and Hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to ESPN 920. Well, while we're waiting for the big man to climb that chimney, why not check out our archive online of shows? This one will be up there tonight, well before he gets there. Of course, you want that gift that keeps on giving? Follow me on social media, at KJ Stewart PGA. As for now, cream. Want to listen to England, where Cream's from? Hey, how about 920ESPNNewJersey.com? You can stream us anywhere on a Friday afternoon. Are you and telling me the internet goes all the way to England? All the way to England. Stop it. And when you're on the internet, go to readtheline.com. We're at a little bit of a crossroads between now and Kapalua, so subscribe, be ready, because it'll be here before you know it, along with that new year. Give me a little rock and roll. Movie. Remember that movie Crossroads with Ralph Macchio? Oh, yes. Yes. What was that, Karate Kid 4? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Let's get into this update real quick. You got to read something first? Yes, I do. Uh, do that. Uh, well, from our friends at TaylorMade, who, yeah. have, who have inspired me this week. There's no doubt about that. You know, when it comes to this holiday season, don't forget about our friends at TaylorMade and our all-new P790 irons, the new stealth driver that's coming out in the spring, maybe just a TaylorMade gift card, something like that. But you know what? They're delivering results when you need them most. And with all of their technology and innovation, I can't wait to see when they come up with more in 2022. So get fit, get ready. Spring's coming. Golf's around the corner. Get it all done this Christmas season. For any more information, you just got to go to TaylorMadeGolf.com. Can I get a picture? 
One more great story coming out of the PNC Parent Child. Well, the PNC Championship generated a lot of fun videos, but maybe the most memorable one came courtesy of Nellie Corda, women's number one player in the world. She had just met Tiger for the first time after Saturday's round, and she endearingly and nervously walked up to him, like excited just to be a fan of the game. 15-time major winner, and she asked him for a photo. Following... Nellie, her brother, her dad, everybody jumped in there, and Tiger was really cool about the whole thing. And while walking away, social media caught her on the video saying, that was so cool, right? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was. I mean, imagine how Nellie felt after the meeting, and Tiger mentioned her to the press saying, she just has that fire, that inner drive. It's just fun to see someone at that age succeed as fast as she has and earned it. Her golf swing it's so fluid. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Her temperament on the course. Some players will dog it here and there, but not Nelly. Well, congrats, Nelly. Tiger approves of your work ethic and game. Probably the best present a golfer could ever get. All right. I'm not on steroids. When it comes to his insane weight and distance gains over the past couple of years, Bryson DeChambeau would like everyone to know that he's done it cleanly. Is everybody in this town on drugs? He's now got the tests to prove it. DeChambeau, unprompted, posted a video on his YouTube account on Monday showing himself standing outside of a Quest Diagnostics lab last month and later receiving the results for what he said was a test for performance-enhancing drugs. I want you guys to know that I did this in a way that was hopefully natural and just hard work. Hugs are drugs. Hopefully natural. Okay. All right. Hopefully. (laughs) That's what DeChambeau said at the beginning of the video. DeChambeau said he had the blood work and urine sample done uh, before the video cut to him doing an intense speed training session. I mean, the whole thing is so manic. It's crazy. All right. Hugs are drugs. Uh, The video then transitioned to a shirtless DeChambeau scrolling through his emails on his phone until 1030 one night where he goes, he's at the Hero World Challenge earlier this month in the Bahamas. And, you know. 11 o'clock at night or whatever it was, he, he starts posting the results in PDFs and et cetera, et cetera. All negative, DeChambeau says. Well, hey, good for him, Wade. What a nice holiday story to be told on YouTube. Quaint setting at a strip mall with a Quest storefront in the background, insane speed training session, shirt off with lab results posted alongside. I guess you know what Bryson wanted for Christmas? Attention. One more. I triple dog dare you. Getting back to our friends at TaylorMade, right? I triple dog dare you. They have done it again. Over the past couple years, TaylorMade has not only won the equipment battle with DJ, Rory, Colin, and Tiger on staff, but also in the holiday greeting business as well. You all remember the infamous matching sweater picture from a couple years ago? Well, they have stepped up their production efforts, and this time they have added a little acting to the Christmas fun. That's great. Little acting because DJ's in it, but reenacting the famous triple dog dare scene from the Christmas story movie, Rory plays the role of Schwartz, egging Flick, played by Matt Wolf. I guess he drew the short straw to stick his tongue against the frozen flagpole. Um, Looking on, dressed in movie set garb, are Tommy Fleetwood, Colin Morikawa, and Sergio Garcia. But the man who really steals the show, our man DJ, no lines. He just he just looks on at the comedic scene as only DJ can with blank stares and va- and va- vapid facial expressions. <laughs> it, vapid. Yeah. It, it's amazing where golf world has come in 2021. And if this is a sign of how much more fun we can have in the future, then we are in for a great upcoming year. Well done, TaylorMade. Well done, indeed. And that's your Christmas Eve Pro Show update for the week ending December 24th, 2021. Special thank you to our sponsors, of course, Summit Golf Brands, New Jersey Golf Foundation, TaylorMade Golf. We have one more week, Mr. Wade Weezer, before the year completes itself. So thanks for all your work on the board this year. And, of course, thanks to all our listeners who keep tuning in. Um, the, the list keeps growing. 
Awesome. You know, everyone's on the nice list for sure. Now, before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about family gatherings. As you meet with family this weekend, look around the room and keep one thought in mind. There is no better reward than collective achievement. Consider all your group has accomplished and realize that's the greatest gift of all. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.